Okay, so today, hey, we went to the actual cinema. We went out and we caught the, uh, oh, God, it was the um, Now and Forever shorts program. Met up with old um, Emily Alfadi, right? Had a great time. And, uh, yeah, so we, we checked out six shorts people. So sit back and let's get into it shall we okay people so yo today was fly because i got to go to an in-person screening i mean it's not like i couldn't have gone before it's just time man time can be a bitch but uh yeah went to um the bfi called up with one of my peoples and we checked out the Now and Forever short program, right? Yeah, I was going to say, well, I, I was, was, I had something to do afterwards. And I was like, yo, I do. I, is this going to end in time? It did. Everything was gravy. But, um, yeah, I was very much looking forward to uh, checking out all of these shorts. Um, it ran for about... 89 minutes we did get like an introduction before and um a lot of the the creatives who were in attendance came out and said a thing about their things which was um that was all very interesting you know uh but yeah this block this is what it says um now and forever promises are made and hearts are broken in this collection of beautiful and moving short films, right? Uh, which consisted of Do This For Me, uh, His Eyes, and then Meet Me There, Snuff, and Make Me a King, right? Um, Ooh, which order should I break these down? I think I'm going to start with His Eyes. Because this was the one um, that, yeah, I struggled with. And I there was, was a reason, you know what I mean? Like, because it was all subtitled. <laughs> it was all fucking subtitled, right? It's from uh, director Alexander Weber, um, Joanna Ur produced it it was 23 minutes now the um the gist is cleo's quest for perfection threatens to derail plans to start a family with her girlfriend anna right now i believe it's all about um you know like crisper right there's all these advances with crisper so technically you could say oh I want my kid to be this tall, right? Had this color eyes, this color hair, be muscular, be slender, right? There's all of these things that you could kind of mess with, right? We're at the cusp of it all, but it's something that is there, right? Um, and I believe this one kind of goes into that. That's the gist I got from what the director said. <laughs> but yeah, it's all subtitles. It's like, 
I have I have no real clue what happened in this film, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's hard to spoil, speak on it, but it seemed to be received very well from the masses. Um, I think I will then jump to Meet Me There. Right. So this is from Rachel James. She directed and produced the piece. And the gist is, it's that feeling you get when you have waited too long to tell your friend how you feel about them. So where I was sitting, I wasn't in the front. So I was a little bit back. Um, but this was a very late situation. So I was just thankful that um, Izzy was able to hook me up with a ticket. Uh, but it did mean there's a level of detail that I wasn't able to see. Because when I watched this one, right, it just seemed like two friends or partners kind of arguing about situations, you know what I mean? Like getting ready and doing stuff and being there for one another. But then they kind of um, made up, right? It is one of those things like, come on, you know what we do. Let's dance and be silly and everything is right again. So we get that. But that's what it seemed like to me. And it seemed fine. But I, I was just like, but what's the story here? So I'm talking to my friend afterwards and she's all, you see it in the mirror, right? And I, I think, so that detail I wasn't able to see. And I think it's so, this is actually about loss and regret, right? And kind of pondering on what could have been or what I could have said, how I should have dealt with a situation, which makes it a whole lot different, right? A lot different than what was perceived. And a lot more kind of retrospective and powerful. But yeah, unfortunately, ah, I missed it. I missed it. But um, yeah, no, my friend said, you know, I mean, it, it was those little details and things that kind of really made it pop. Which is cool. But I, I, I think sometimes you might have to be a little bit more concise i don't know if that's really what i want to say like it, it's nice being you know i mean cute with the details but i think it also you you want people to understand what you're doing if they can't see it as well right it, it shouldn't necessarily just be a visual cue right now you like because you can tell sometimes in the language that's used, you know what I mean, in, in the words and 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 just the uh, the vocal tone and all of that. But um, yeah, you know, meet me there, right? So let's jump in 
to do this for me. So do this for me is from um, Marini Baxter. It is written by April Kelly, um, produced by Kelly, Sarah Huxley, Amy Gardner, Chris Sadler, and James Dean. Now, you might recognize a couple of those names, Kelly and Huxley, because they put together mini productions, right? And we, um, yeah, we covered Rose, right? Which was, ooh, I think that was in the 2020. I believe Rose was in the 2020 BFI flare. Yeah, I don't think it was last year. So I've, man, my memory is so fucked. <laughs> it might have been. But um, yeah, we spoke to Jennifer Sheridan. Um, who directed that one, right? Um, so, yeah, I was very curious to see which, you know, how this one would go. It's 20 minutes. Um, the gist is this. Masks that are worn and secrets that are hidden all come tumbling out during one emotional evening amongst friends. So it was basically a group of friends getting together. And at first... Right, I kind of thought it was because a friend is ill, but then the more that goes down, the more that we see, we then realize, oh no, it, it's dealing with a real loss, and it was just how that person's life impacted this friend group, you know, the connections they had, and just all of this kind of stuff, and so yeah, we saw you know, that different level of connection, right? This, this, because there's a hierarchy in a friend group, right? you know what I mean? There's, there's people that are slightly closer than others, you know, people that are only there because of, right? There's all of these different things that kind of make this kind of group up sometimes. And all of that does come out, right? We, we believe in these conversations, you know, I mean, it was very well put together. I, I enjoyed it. The one thing I was curious about was the device of the video, right? Because they're recording a, like a video diary. And that seemed interesting because I've never seen that, right? And I wondered, like, who is that for? You know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting coping mechanism. But, yeah, it's a, a coping mechanism, right? And I think that's always interesting to see what things people use to deal with loss and trauma. And so this was very fascinating in that kind of context, right? Because we saw the different people talk about the way this person touched their lives. And it was all very different. Some were more raw and emotional. Some tried to be funny, um, you know, because that's the way they're dealing with it. So, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it. It, you know, the way it was shot, I mean, it really kind of felt like a, a, a high-level production, you know? So, yeah, it was a... It was nice. It was nice. 
you know, it was just, yeah, it's just like, huh, interesting video blog thing, right? But um, definitely people, it is, oh yeah, definitely worth a uh, peruse. Um, another one that's definitely worth a peruse is And Then. So this is from Ravenna Tran, right? Um, she produces it along with Patrick Allen, Lafon, uh, Hamish Campbell, and Ellie McCutcheon. Um, Tran also co-wrote it with Lafon, right? It was 17 minutes, and the gist is, although their time together is finite, that doesn't stop two women connecting and falling in love. And ah, uh, that's ugh, this one. <laughs> oh man, this one really got to me. Really, uh, sometimes I sicken myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what is wrong with me, man? I don't know. Because you know, I've said it numerous times. I don't like. Most rom-coms. Now, I do like rom-coms. You know what I mean? Away We Go. You know what I mean? The Before Trilogy. It's about time. There's certain ones that, like, whew, that's really good, man. I love that shit. But the the general one, right? The, 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 the stupid shit, like Chalet Girl and uh, the, the films of that ilk. I can't stand can't stand um but when you find a story that really does show the complexity of a relationship and just falling in love right because there's not a right time for it you know uh, sometimes you know it, it can't go past the point but it happens and it's raw it's painful and I love those stories. I love those stories. And and then is one of those. Because we have our main character. She she's a uh, a, tra a, a a travel blogger. Is she a travel blogger or a travel artist? Fuck, I forget. She's one of the two. But um, yeah, she she you know she's um gone to Japan, I believe. Um. And she's, you know, just there looking around. And one day she spots a girl, right? She's wandering around and she spots this girl. And you can see that she's like, oh, there's a little sight in there. There's a little like, ooh. Um, and then she's out again at a restaurant, eating solo. And all of a sudden she spots a girl again, right? And it's just like, yo... <laughs> and then they, but she sees her again, and she kind of follows her, but doesn't quite like. I mean, she wants to, and then she's like, "I probably shouldn't." But then the girl's like, "Yo, <laughs> what's going on?" And they start talking, and that's it. It just blossoms from there, and we just see, we see how they inhabit each other's space, right? How they connect with each other. You know, the little trips they take, the things they do. And it's just, oh, 
They're so happy. <laughs> They're so, oh, that's the worst one, man. Did you see them so happy? But then there's a point and it's just like they're talking and she's, you know, they've just had this great time and it's just like, when are you going? She's like, oh, yeah, in a day or two. And it's just like, oh. And then we see the goodbye and it's just, oh, man, it rips your heart out, people. It rips your heart out. But it's a beautiful thing, right? To be able to tell a story that is 17 minutes, right? 17 minutes and do it in a way that makes you feel all of these emotions. That's an incredible thing. It really is. So, some mad props to Tran and crew. And as I said, hey, if you get an opportunity, you, you definitely need to check out and then. Um, so... There will do make me a king next. Um, this is from director Sophia Ollins. Um, it's written by Natalie Arl Toyon, um, produced by Martina Russo. And the gist is Ari's family don't understand their career as a drag king performer. Can they make them see that love is love, no matter who you are? Um, yeah, this was a, like, it's an interesting one just because I don't get drag, right? And, and what I mean is I don't get the, the, the miming part because... You're not singing. You're 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 lip syncing to someone else's song. Like, I don't quite get that, right? Because everyone's go wild for it, but you're not like they're not singing the song, right? If someone's singing a song, I understand that. But if you're just lip syncing to someone else's song, I don't get that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I'm missing, right? Because people love it. People love it. But yeah, I'm that part just kind of, uh, yeah. I I haven't quite got my head around, you know. But you know, as I say, look, it's a big thing. It's a proper thing. But Ari, yeah, she's a, she's a, a, a drag king, um, and you can see there's a there's a disconnect between the fam. Right. Um, we see clip, you know, flashbacks to her as a little kid and dancing with her dad and, you know, him letting her try on the hats and all of this kind of thing, which seems to be like the catalyst for the drag king act and all of that. But we, we kind of see that and we see her trying to connect with her mum and it's a little fractious. I mean, you also kind of see that the mum seems to be wanting to bridge the gap, but yeah, you know, part of it seems to be age, part might be religious beliefs, and it's just like, yeah, you can't really get around certain things, but it looks like she's trying. So it's this interesting dynamic here, 
But then Ari, you know, a group of friends, you know, I mean, that seems like a strong bond. So we, we're seeing all of this stuff, right? She's very popular in what she's doing, you know? So it, it's just trying to make those connections, right? Trying to, you know, realign, kind of find a way to have everyone in her life. Right, which that's what you want, right? We don't need all this other stuff. It's just like, yo, that's your people. You love them regardless of, you know? There was a couple curious things for me. So it starts off and we see Ari in a room kind of looking in the mirror, getting ready. And it was a scene where I'm just like, did we need it, right? Because Ari's topless, holding a breast, looking at the mirror. And then her dad walks in. And, you know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with it, right? There's nothing wrong with it. But it's just one of those things where it's just like, if you have the camera at a slightly different angle, it's the same scene. You know what I mean? It, it's the same scene without seeing breasts. You know? And don't get me wrong. I have no problem seeing breasts. <laughs> this is, like, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? But sometimes you just be like, was it needed for this story? You know what I mean? Was it really needed for this story? Because, like, sometimes it will then throw it into a different age category, where without, it just opens it up to more people seeing and, and getting an insight into a thing, right? Which I think kind of is this. You know, without that, maybe more eyes get on this, you know? So there is that. And then at the end, right, we end with a singing, dancing number, which is always, it's fun when you can throw one, like, something like that into a piece. But it was a bit like, oh, there's friction. Oh, but this this fixes everything. And it's just like, but then what's the beginning? Right? If, if that's all that was needed, then it kind of negated the beginning a bit. You know? Maybe that's just me. But I, yeah, that's what I kind of thought. But I did like, you know, the sequence at the end. And I thought this was well produced, well put together. You know, had a nice feel to it. But yeah, it was just those two things that kind of were pondering around a dome, as it were. And then, people, there is Louise Nesbitt's snuff. So Nesbitt, she wrote, directed, and produced it. So the gist is, returning home for a clandestine tryst, Noelle discovers her wife had similar ideas, but it's way ahead of her um this was like it's eight minutes 
just eight minutes. But god damn, it was oh, it was fun. It was it, it was so just ridiculous and, and fun, right? It, it's all um oh, man. I, I I just I wouldn't want to say too much because I think that might spoil it, but it, it's very deadpan, right? It's funny, like the, the humor is on point, right? It, it's not they don't go too hard in the paint, right? Where you'd be like, ah, come on, no one's saying that. That's a bit ridiculous. I mean, the premise is a little ridiculous, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's happened. I mean, to a certain extent, right? But it, it was just done in a way where you have this craziness, but then it's the conversations and just all of that uh, that happen that kind of ground it a little, you know what I mean? That then make you go, oh, shit, this is a real thing, you know what I mean? Which is kind of crazy. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun and people. Everyone up in the room is laughing. Yeah, people loved that one. People loved it. But yeah, I definitely thought that was a, you know what I mean? If you've got eight minutes, you're not going to go wrong with a little snuff, <laughs> which I don't know. I wouldn't normally say. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, it was well worth it, people. It was well worth it so yeah a lot of great shorts a lot of great shorts so it did make for a very enjoyable time at the bfi people so if you get an opportunity to see any of them um go check them out right uh i've tried to create as much of the info as i could find in the episode notes so um yeah go check them out people Okay, so yeah, that's it, right? A lot of really good short films today, people. Um, so yeah, we're we're into the uh, second week tomorrow. So let's see what that has in store. Because there's still a whole heap of shorts and features to watch. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, people. Until then, peace.